Typically, that's something we do. All of a sudden, I've been watching all these YouTube videos on how to like make video podcasts and everything and how to interface your Rodecaster Pro with your video equipment yeah. and all this shit. And so all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I didn't know I could change that setting. Huh. So it makes you want to monkey around with the board. Can, like can I the just, monkey I am. I just want to say how awesome it is that I am not the only one who is doing this stuff. Like, without you <laughs> handling that side of it, like... I was so nervous before I started a podcast. The biggest thing I was worried about was what you're doing. Like, oh, the tech stuff just, is like the easy part. Yeah, I think. like I can do the some of the other stuff, but man, thank God for Mike the knowing what he's doing or knowing how to learn how to do. Um, anyway, uh, it's freezing out. It's 23 degrees. I'm ensconced uh, head to toe in thermal underwear, which uh, is a little. Are you wearing thermal pants? The, under the pants, there is another layer of thermal pants. Are you a cold person? Yeah, I'm always cold. Are you? Because, uh, you know, skinny, I guess. Mm. I'm sensitive to it. Even though when I first went to college upstate in Potsdam, it was 40 below. Yeah, well, that's different. With no wind. That's a different cold up there. It, frat guys, uh, it would happen every so often. Somebody would pass out outside and die. Yeah. You know, and they would tell you, you know, like, you weren't allowed to wear your earrings. Like, just walking to the music building which I had to do every morning. I had to take my earrings out. I had to go, you know, the face mask, the scarf, and just, and it was only like 15 feet. It's good for the instrument too, I would think. Um, but, and, and... By instrument, I mean like your guitar. Yeah. Not your other instrument. No, no, no. Not roughing up the customer. Um, <laughs> and we're back. Welcome to Recovery in the Middle Ages, the podcast about... Two middle-aged suburban dads in their pursuit of life, love, and Someday recovery. Someday I'll hit the right fucking button. I'm Nat X. And I'm Mike R. Boy, do we have a show for you. Today on RMA, it's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Mama's cooking chicken and collard greens. Mike's on the mic and that's just chilling. Come stay a while and respect that we illin, 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 illin. It's recovery in the Middle Ages. Holiday spectacular. And this episode is brought to you by Recovery in the Middle Ages Patreon. What is Patreon? I don't know. It is a members-only subscription service that gives us the latitude to create more content, backstage dirt, and a closer collection to the Munster community while financially supporting the Herculean efforts required to keep the RMA movement That's right. moving forward. forward. What do members get? They'll get extra mini shows, you know, funny pictures, uh, exclusive merch for joining, uh, and an added level of support for your recovery. So this is helping my recovery because I get to have a closer... Um, you know, recovery relationship with the monsters on there. Cause yeah. I'm right in there. It comes right to my phone and uh, Mike gets it too. Um, it's a lot of fun and we're just getting started. The uh, best part is that um, we have special logos for each tier. Yeah. So we've got the first one at three bucks a month is Inner Sanctum, which basically gets you in the door. Gets you um, a sticker, gets you some of the content, but yeah. not all the content. Right. There'll be some special, but you know, some of these extra things at first, everybody gets. Although I will say some of the Patreon content will be for all. Yeah, of right? course. I mean, that's, I really want it to be fully inclusive. Um, then we have the Friar Tuck uh, tier at $8 a month, and that gets you access to most of everything and a special mug designed wow. by my son. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> he was like, he's getting really like into it. I'm trying to keep him at arm's length, but he keeps hearing me bragging about certain things or getting excited about the show, and he's getting excited about it. He's not allowed to listen to it, which who knows how long that will last. And um, so he said, let me do these logos. I was just messing around with Photoshop. Keep in mind, he's 11. I said, yeah, sure. Sure. Do, do what you got to do. Let's see what you got, you know? And I liked it. Yeah, it was and good. We, we liked it so much. Uh, the Golden Circle being the $12 tier gets everything and anything and a special mug. Should we have uh, called it the Golden Halo? Yeah, I like the circle idea because I'm picturing okay. the inner sanctum is just like, you know, a the inner dark... sanctum is the first level. Yeah. Uh, yes. That's how you get in. That's in the door. Okay. The golden circle is the circle within the golden the circle. circle. In any case, we're having fun with it, folks. <laughs> we just posted uh, our first attempted video. We're going to be doing video episodes and audio episodes. Uh, and so check it out. Some at, good response to that video. Yeah. it's yeah, um, Amazingly, we've got a few on there already. Uh, go to patreon.com slash recovery in the middle ages to learn more and sign up. So um, we're, we're committed so to the next level and delivering the goods. Damn it. It says there. Um, yeah. I, it looks like I put the your story in the wrong spot. Did I? No. Okay. You see how I've shortened the beginning part. You have shortened the beginning. Uh, we should probably mention that. Uh, Wait, I took out. Five star reviews on Apple and <laughs> iTunes are appreciated. Oh no, I took Visit it all out. Middleagesrecovery.com to tell us your story, to buy merchandise. Um this is going to be released. When are we releasing this? This is coming out. It should be. Are we going to put it out on Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve. Are you going to be able to control yourself I long enough know. before dropping this episode? I bet not. You guys tell me. Here's my bet that you're going to be like, I want to put it out today. I know. Yeah, I know. You can't though. I get so excited. I think uh, Christmas Eve, we're going to put this out and um, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Um, so get us on Podbean. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, all that stuff. Sorry. But I was thinking like... Uh, since you're going to be hearing this on Christmas Eve, like, and the new year is coming up, it would be a great time to order a t-shirt since you're probably all, all of you who are still drinking are going to be starting dry January on January 1st. Uh, and what better way to um, represent that you are committed to your sobriety uh, in the new year by sporting a Recovery in the Middle Ages t-shirt or a sticker that you can put on your laptop. Yeah, uh, they're really cool. And you can just scrape it off at the beginning of February if you crash and burn. And my 11-year-old did not design our logo. That's a professionally done <laughs> collaboration between a pro and me. Right. Um, it's very cool. Give us a five-star review, please. Go to Apple Podcasts app. Uh, it helps us a lot. And uh, we read those reviews. We do. Uh so we have a, a Christmas theme uh, this week. What we're going to be doing is sharing the voicemails that we received from the Munsters. And a couple people wrote us, rather than in lieu of leaving voicemails, either because they were um, a little shy to leave their voice yeah. or... Um, Understandable. Yeah, you know, or just feel more comfortable writing. So we got a couple of those too, right? Two or one? Well, we've got... We got one. We got one. <laughs> We, well, it was the one we were saving. This is yes, from, um, right. you know, Rob S. is a is a monkster uh, on the private group. He's, you know, posting all the time and we're staying on top of his story. He's really trying hard. We're to, watching him. We're watching you closely, <laughs> but he's he's posting. He's getting 21 days, 22. It's right. we're cheering you on. And uh, he wrote us this great email for awesome. Christmas. It's super. Hi, okay. Mike and Nat. Oh, you want me to do it? Okay. Yeah, Hi, Mike and Nat. I'm Rob from the UK, and I can't do an accent the whole time, so I'm uh, just going to... Th thankfully. Our listeners, yeah. thank you. I'm emailing in as I'm a tight arse, uh, so avoiding... Yes, he, he translated it into American. Yes, thank you. Yeah, he wrote tight arse, and then... 
slash ass. So he's avoiding the call charge. I guess it would be expensive. I don't know. know. Can't you call over the computer? I don't know. Just want to say a huge thank you for the work you put into the podcast. I've mentioned on the Facebook group that I attribute my recovery to the RMA movement, and I sincerely mean it. Wow. Full stop. That is quite a statement. That just made my day. I'm trying to digest the the import of that. That's amazing. Uh, I found the podcast after becoming friends with someone on Facebook who I knew was sober through AA. They were tagged in a post about the podcast, and I started listening. Mm. Wait, that's so cool. That's marketing. Um, yeah. I've been a seriously heavy drinker for 15 years, dabbling in weed, cocaine, and ecstasy. Oh, I used to dabble in yeah, cocaine. Dabble. <laughs> uh, my <laughs> use of those drugs stopped about eight years ago without much of a problem, but alcohol remained a central feature in my life. Yes. Uh, I, was I already, totally identify with that. Yep. Absolutely. I was already drinking far too much before coronavirus arrived. By July, with all the lockdowns and homeworking, it escalated to half a liter of JD a night. Um, Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels. I believe. <laughs> it's crazy. That's a lot of Jack uh, It'll Daniels. burn a hole in your stomach. Uh, I was, functionally, I was, fortunately, I was still functioning and it hadn't caused any serious harm in my life when I decided I had to stop. Fast forward a few months to September and after one hell of a drinking session, and greatest hangover ever, I started my sober journey. How you cover the various recovery methods and books, adding in your own opinions and experience, has helped me shape my own recovery. So far, I've been sober for 21 days straight. Probably more now. Yeah, September. This came in a few days ago. Yeah, uh, and but since September, it's actually 75 out of 100 days. Which that's is, passing. That's fucking A, man. Uh, the support of the Facebook group has helped me overcome my relapse and kept me motivated during those dark days. Uh, special shout out to Grant. G bonus move. Yes. Uh, for the RMA Zoom meeting as well. I've been to a couple of those and they are informative. Um, I've attended two smart recovery meetings as well, but yes. haven't engaged in it enough to form an opinion. Nothing left to say but to wish all the Monksters a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thanks, Rob. Rob S., thank you, thank you, thank you. It warms my heart uh, to, to know that we're any part of you uh, wanting to and to stay sober. Um, he had posted on the page about his 75 out of 100, 100 days, mm-hmm. and my immediate reaction to that was, I think I made it a baseball analogy, which is always... Yes. We, in America, we make baseball analogies, right? Uh, yes. The baseball analogy I said was, if you if that was your average in baseball, you would be the greatest player of all time. Because in baseball, if you get... Yeah, as long as you're hitting over 500. Or if you're hitting anywhere over 300. If you right. average 300, so you're Shows averaging... You how much baseball I do. Um, <laughs> your average would be 750. So thank you so much, Rob S. Keep it up. We are rooting for you. It's not really the amount of days or time that you have it's the mindset that's the most important i think you know as long as you're heading in the right direction and it's interesting i really identify with the um dabbling in weed cocaine and ecstasy because for me the drugs were also very i don't want to say simple to stop but because it took me like six years to stop smoking crack the first time but but when i did stop it, it was sort of like i never wanted to go back except i did 10 years later for the coke but that's that's another story but um but the drinking was much harder, mm. much harder. And, and I, I it's never- ubiquitous. Well, I never, and I never did a drug if I wasn't drinking first, yeah. which is interesting. Like, yeah, that is interesting. Uh, you know, I used to say, if they sold cocaine and heroin in all the same places they sold alcohol, I don't oh, know wow. that I would ever be able to quit. No. You know, it's right. 
job and, and it was on TV and famous people were smoking crack at basketball games, you well, know. And that was the problem, right? These Coke bars? Like you drink and there was always some guy selling Coke in the bar. Yeah. So, I, I, you know. Yeah, full service. Yeah. I always uh, suggested to them you should also carry Xanax because I would get all the cocaine yeah. and then couldn't At closing sleep. time, you run like a special on on, uh, yeah. on Benzos for okay. people to come down. Let's take the show on the road. Yeah. And then send uh, them out into their cars. And then they dive an overdose <laughs> right. because that'll kill you. Um, uh yeah so thanks rob that's great we appreciate that and we appreciate you and uh, we really we're glad do. you're with us and it uh, helps keep us journey. sober to to talk to you and to hear about your story so thank you all right so uh this week <clears throat> i took the reins of the monsters speak yes section uh wait but hold on monsters speak 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 <laughs> um because something came up in the meeting last Sunday that uh, I, w- I was thinking about. I-, I forget who said it, but somebody said that they don't like to uh, even identify as being in recovery because they find that so limiting and the fact that there's so many things, uh, other ways that they would use to describe themselves rather as someone who is an alcoholic or, or something. So, so here's the question I posed to the group. Uh, what's up, guys? That's how all the YouTubers start. They, what's up, what's guys? Up, guys? <laughs> uh, this week I've been thinking about recovery. Haha, <laughs> no surprise, right? right. But, but, but what I've been wondering is whether there's such a thing as too much recovery. Is it healthy to identify yourself as a recovering person, or is it this sort of self, or is that sort of self definition too reductive? Mm. Might it hinder growth in other areas of your life? What say you? Um, right. And, uh, just to be clear, that was Mike who posted that, uh, monster speak. And then the first one was Johnny Irish. I don't think that's his real name. That's why I read it's it. not, but, um, we should interview this guy. He's got quite a story. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Well, what does he say? He says, I think about that often. And to be honest, I identify with it as much as I would as saying I'm a diabetic. It's probably more semantically correct to say I have an addiction rather than I am an addict. It is a condition of my life, but by no means the only defining identification. For me, the crux of my recovery is disidentification. Good word. I uh, don't know if it's a real word, but it is good. As I much think it's as a real possible, word. it is disid. Okay, as much as possible. I believe he's a, a high school English teacher. So if, oh, if, if he uses like the it. word, now I have to reread yeah. this because. So for me, the crux of my recovery is disidentification as much as possible from the world of form and a greater identification with the pure consciousness I am at the root of my being. That's some Buddhism in there for you. All other things are temporary and as such to be honored, but not taken as deadly serious. Yes. That being said, my identification as a person in recovery or recovered has been a gift uh, of crisis, which has led me to be, I hope, a more conscious person so I honor it above almost everything. Wow. Yeah. I really like that answer. Yeah. I think it was my favorite answer of all. all. Right. Well, we should just end the show now. I mean, he said it all. That's it. Drop the mic. Um, yeah. Very, very, very cool. Um, I was going to say something, and now I've, uh, it's left me. Well, I mean, the whole idea of, of um, separating the thought from the, your thinking self from your actual self, mm. you know, it's all about not becoming attached to thought forms and ideas, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that includes the idea of recovery and the idea of, of addiction because you, you can't let these things define who you are. I mean, they're a part of the rich tapestry of your life, but they're by no means like dispositive of who you are as a person. And Because, right. you know, then you, you set these mental expectations of how like an alcoholic acts or, mm-hmm. you know, because there's all this other stuff behind it, right? Like, Yeah, but... 
for me, like being like recovery or being in recovery, the word recovery has positive connotations. Yes, sure. So that's that's a, a, something I want to fit into. But doesn't so, it come with a set of assumptions also? Yeah, sure. Like depending on where, what angle of recovery you come out of, right? Because if you come out of 12-step and the whole idea of powerlessness and so forth, yeah. right? Then you've internalized this idea that you're powerless and that if you accidentally at a picnic end up drinking a, a Bartles and James wine cooler thinking it was a soda, right. well, then you the, then you are powerless well, against the alcohol and you're going to go out and drink another 20 of them, right? Only for people who are recovery fundamentalists. Okay. I'm more of an interpretive recovering person. What would what would the opposite of a recovery fundamentalist be? A um, recovery ecumenicalist? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, I don't know. Very good answer. Who's next? G Money Smooth. Or Grant B, the Grant B. Uh, editor at large at the RMA newsroom. He says, the first 12-step meeting I went to, I got pissed off when some guy said we have to put as much time into this program as we did with the drinking. Since I drank around the clock, that made no sense. <laughs> I think if I let recovery activists get in the way of family work and other pursuits, it would cause problems. My Midwestern sensibility tells me moderation in all things, except one, perhaps. Mm. Yeah. I agree. Right? Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I've heard that before, you know, or they'd say, chase your dealer. No, chase your, don't chase your dealer. Chase <laughs> your recovery like you chase the next hit. Right. Which, um, that, that one resonated with me a bit better. I mean, I certainly think maybe in the beginning of your journey that having that mindset yeah. is, in, is important because it is the most important thing. You are trying to change behavior. You are trying to change yeah. chemical things that are going on in your body and your brain. I, so being I, laser focused on recovery at that point in your journey, I think is a positive. Thing. Yeah. I think this is actually helping me to get closer to that unified field theory of recovery. What I'm starting to see now is, um... It's not enough to have just 12 steps. Um, Isn't there a 13th? There is, but we don't go for that one. Right. But, and it's not enough to say, I'm going to do this for eight weeks or 28 days. I think if we are going to make that program that is going to be universally able to be used, it has to look at several years. It's a program of years, I think. You know, because we're saying a lot that at the very beginning, we got to have this like, you know, full ensconcement, like that 90 and 90, 90 meetings, 90 days, like really being in it. And then as your brain evolves, you evolve the program, mm. which is kind of what looking back on my program and my journey is sort of what I did. So I feel like if you stay in that same exact, you know, over and over again thing, it's, it's a losing proposition for most people, as we know. Well, you get stuck. You get stuck in patterns and ruts, yeah. the same way you did when you were drinking yeah. or using. But to some extent, some of this is how you define what recovery is. And I think one of our commentators commentators says something about that a little later on. But um, let's go to Tony W. A couple of years ago, when I started AA meetings, I was all in. I went to two meetings on Saturday and a meeting every night except Friday and Sunday. I was also watching all kinds of videos posted by people in recovery on YouTube. Eventually, I realized this was just my addiction. Interesting. Wait, I realized this was just my addiction. Huh. I was all in like I was with drinking. I had to find a balance. I now attend a meeting on Monday and Wednesday, listen to RMA podcasts and occasionally another podcast. Mm -hmm. Mm. I also listen to audiobooks from time to time. Uh, we have to find a balance. Without balance, we neglect certain parts of our life. I think I may attend some recovery Dharma meetings and see what they have to say. I love those meetings, by the way. See what their philosophy on balance is. Yeah. Um, and then he comments on his own post. 
Uh, and I'm not perfect. I relapse from time to time, but I'm doing way better. What RMA says, progress, not perfe- perfection, has helped. In AA, you're labeled an alcoholic, and that can create a self-fulfilling prophecy. Agree. Huh. Uh, I don't have a problem with the term alcoholic. It has helped a lot of people. But the word is not black and white. It's gray. I want to say, like, progress, not perfection is a great phrase. It's a great uh, motto. It's it on should our not logo. be considered a license to just go out and do shit, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> be like, ah, I'm making progress, so fuck it, you know? Now, I think of it as like when you're working really hard at your recovery all the time and you're working on yourself and then you don't do something up to your own expectations, maybe. Okay, that's better. And we say, yeah, it's okay. Because you don't want to let that be an excuse either. Right, you know what I mean? right. It's you're using it to sort of just help, you know, cheer yourself on to be like, you know yeah. what, maybe it wasn't exactly what I imagined it. But don't be too hard on yourself. Right. Don't you know? be too hard, but don't be too soft. Easy does it, but do it, as they say. Ugh. Um <laughs> So, uh should we go on? You wanna uh, there was some talk we, Yeah, we can skip over the okay. next part of that, but um Chris F says. Yeah. Um I think the goal is to learn how to reintegrate into our families and society without the use of sub- of substances. I love our audience's vocabulary. Mm. You know, they're very literate people. Uh, I take the approach of treating it like a chronic illness, and I can only stay in remission by being active in a program, prayer, honesty, and actions. That is my inward solution. Externally, I don't use labels unless I have to shut someone down quickly. I just start with, quote, I don't drink. If they press, I tell them, I drank enough for a lifetime already, or it's just it. It just has a habit of ruining my life. Those are really good quotes, guys. Mm. I use you know I used to drink too much, but now I don't drink anymore. So these are good too. Uh, even when they're genuinely interested, I rarely use the terms recovery or alcoholic because I feel like it creates a mental picture that is negative or inaccurate. And since they may be asking for themselves, I want them to hear my story. Uh, not have to overcome the new image of me caused by preconceived ideas of what alcoholics should look like. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. There's lots of good points in that, you know, and you're thinking of it from t- in terms of how am I going to help other people in the best possible way where you think those terms would get in the way of that right. to a new person. That's interesting because I've been sort of... Um Swinging around mentally, trying to think of the best. I like you, the way you. I like your phrase. You, you know, I used to drink, and I don't drink anymore. But I was also, you know, I, the one I've kind of actually thrown out a couple times is, you know, I quit drinking at the end of 2019, and I it felt so, it felt I feel so good now that I just decided I would never go back, like something like that. Yeah. Because then, because then, if people are questioning their own relation with ship with alcohol they're like wow this guy quit two and a half years ago and he feels so great he would never wants to go back yeah you know and, so that's like saying it without really saying it you know and it's it's more popular now to be in recovery no we just um, got another patreon oh cool yeah. new, new patron just joined up thank you um agreed so uh and this is what i was talking about before about um Defining recovery. Alan the Gray. Uh, is that what you called him? Alan the Gray? Like- I, well, I wanted a cool nickname for him because he's like got the most time and he's wise. And, Amongst uh, Gandalf. Right. <laughs> okay. You know, going along with him. So, Alan, if you hate that, let me know. I'll never say it again. But it's Alan the Gray. <laughs> Yeah, just just like Lord of the Rings. Well, and he said it in one sentence, right? Uh, if recovery is me living in the world as best I can, then no, there's never too much. 
And I said, I like this answer. It depends on how you define recovery. I guess everyone needs to define that for themselves to some degree. And Alan says, yep, the definition and the path is up to us. A big part of it for me is I vote. I show up for jury duty every six years. I take my elderly mother to her medical appointments and all that other stuff that maybe some people take for granted. But I never forget I wasn't that guy when I was drinking and drugging. And if I'm honest, a while after I got here, I like to tell my 12-step people that when the 12th step says practice these principle in, principles in all our affairs, I have to you know, go out in the world and have some affairs. <laughs> right? Because you could spend all your time in church basements, right? That's right. Or you could go out and live your life and, and you know, integrate that into your recovery. And that's that's parallel to what they say in, uh, in the church or what the Bible, people who are Christians, you know, they always say you should, you know, live among or be among the people who need your help the most. Um, if you're always hanging around people in recovery, I mean, there's plenty of people to help there, but, right. you know, there's something about getting out there and, you know, because there's people struggling, what we're learning now, who maybe don't look like they're struggling. Maybe they just need to see your example. That's right. You know, maybe you need to just, you're at a party and you say, no, thank you, I don't drink. Someone overhears it and says, huh, maybe I won't drink. Or right. I wonder what that's about. Right. I mean, that happens, right? People yeah. come up and say, oh, you know, you're not drinking. Well, how's, how's yeah. that? Why do you look so happy? Yeah. There's another one. Right. You know? Yeah. Why are you in such a good mood? I'm like, because I'm not dead. Right. I'm going to feel great tomorrow morning. Yeah. Feel great right now, and I'll feel yeah. great tomorrow. Um, so, Alan the Gray, thank you. Yeah, that was some some. That was a short uh, nugget of wisdom that really resonated. Well, that's what I'm talking about with Alan. He's so wise. He's got you know all. It's like you know he just has to say one sentence. What other, it takes other people right. two paragraphs. He can yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, Melissa M says. I found both recovering and alcoholic to be cringy. That's a word I learned from my uh, kids. Yeah. Um, I like it, though. Are you thinking of a name change? Resilient in the Middle Ages? <laughs> Reality in the Middle Ages? Responsibility? Respect? Rock bottom? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are funny. Um, so I, I, I responded to that. I said, before we started this podcast and before Nat and I started collaborating, I workshopped another podcast that I entitled Last Call Recovery. Uh, and I even recorded a demo, but recovery was still in the name. Um, reality in the Middle Ages is a good one, though. In addition to talking about drugs and alcohol, we can talk about not having enough money to pay college tuition and the best remedies for lower back pain. <laughs> so, reality in the Middle Ages. Yeah, and then uh, she clarified that she was joking. We know yeah. that, but I really thought right. uh, I thought that was funny. Um, I didn't even do our house. Oh, it's on housekeeping. I put this all in the wrong place. That's all right. Let's do it anyway. We did it already. No, the welcome. Oh, okay. You think it's too late for the welcome? I mean, you know. I like reading. People are still listening, I think. Welcome to all the Munsters listening stateside, around the world, down the street, across the table, and right next door. Welcome all. Settle in, buckle up, and get ready for excitement, comedy, tragedy, intrigue, mystery, and so much more. Um, they know where to find us. They know where to find We don't need to do this. This is my fault. Uh, <laughs> it's you fine. Know, we're you in know, the, if they're listening to us, they know where to find us. Yeah. You know, Podbean. I'm sorry. I, I messed that up on the- Middle Ages Recovery. Doc. I will fix that for next time. So uh, here we are. It's the week before Christmas and a new plague is descending upon the, upon the land. Oh my goodness. Uh, my son, uh, Jack, got his finals canceled at his school uh, because, Jeez. you know, I, I was trying to figure out why they would cancel the finals. And, and when he came home yesterday, I said, he said, well, he said, I'm sitting there taking the test and everybody's sitting around me coughing. He's like, they didn't want to... Uh, by the way, I probably should have mentioned that before we started recording. Yeah. He's like, um, Thanks. he goes, uh, 
you know, the, nobody wanted to skip the final and have to show up for a makeup. So everybody came in to take it. And I guess the school saw that that was the effect and decided to cancel them. And, you know, it, which is great for him because his average is high enough that, yeah. you know, it'll help him. But I guess some of his other students were not as, um, as, as pleased with that since they needed the, the, yeah. the final to lift their averages up. But uh, this is making me nervous, man. Well, you know, and then Ben was over making Christmas cookies at some house over the weekend and the girl got, you know, has a cold, no cough or anything, but the dangerous thing, I don't know how it is where you guys, wherever you guys are, but in New York, there's just no COVID tests anywhere. Yeah. There's like, a run on COVID tests. To, that you can't buy them for home. Those are all gone. Yeah. And then to get an appointment is at least, uh, you're on like an eight hour line if you can even get one. So, uh, it's kind of crazy. Mm. Uh, we're still having, we're having old people with health issues over for Christmas Eve. So <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know, man. It's just, um, is it another canceled Christmas year? I hope not. Yeah. You know, it, I don't want it. My sister's flying up from Florida. Right. Like, it's just, I, I don't know. It's like your soul just goes gets heavy because yeah. you don't want to go through this again no. another year, you know? know? It's very depressing. And, the, you know, the other thing like, that I'm thinking about with this is like, everybody's, you know, Christmas time, everybody is supposed to be happy, right? They're supposed to be walking around with shit-eating grins on their face, yeah, that's eating what I do. fucking gingerbread <laughs> and kissing under the mistletoe and all that. What if that's not your thing, man? Yeah. What if you're just fucking miserable right now? Yeah. Because of COVID, because you're isolated from your friends and your family. And someone you because know died. You've, somebody you know died. COVID, yeah. You've isolated yourself because you, you have an addiction issue. Like all of this happiness can mm. feel so heavy yeah, yeah such a bummer around you you know yeah and I, and I wonder how that plays into toxic positivity like the fact that everybody walks around going, this is going to be a great fucking christmas you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah but i don't know so to all the people out there who are feeling grinchy this year um you know i understand yeah grinch i have those up. years this year is not one of them i felt great until two days ago when all of a sudden the covid hammer's coming yeah. down my wife's got like 60 kids in her in her district that yeah. have you know so the whole thing is just a mess you know yeah so tell us uh, how you guys are doing out there with them I mean, what do you think about this uh latest surge where do you think it's gonna go uh email mike r at middleagesrecovery.com yes because i'm ju just in the mood to listen to tales of woe yeah so <laughs> so send it on for it um but there's some good news uh on sunday fun day we had the Christmas pageant wow. at my church. That is so uh, cool. <laughs> and uh, I pr had to perform in it because um, there's not enough kids. So uh, it was a lot of fun. My little guy, Max, was like one of the main characters. He's a little guy. And he was great. He did his lines. And uh, it, was, it was very nice, you know. So I'm glad we got to do that before... Um, Everything gets shut down again. Um, <laughs> yeah. We had a great nice. day. I mean, it was very Christmassy. We went to that Christmas. We did the Christmas pageant. Uh, but then I went to work because, you know, my shop has to be open. And um, so that was kind of a you bummer. You still made the meeting, though. You made um, the, the RMA recovery meeting. That's right. Um, in between, this is how dedicated I am to this. Uh, in between <laughs> being in the Christmas pageant and directing it and... Um, and then going to work on a busy, or not busy enough, but a shopping Sunday before Christmas, I got on the RMA Zoom meeting. So there's no excuse. If I can get there, everybody can get there um, if you know the yeah. time works for you. But it was such a great meeting. It's so great to see you guys. And, um, you know, I, I, that centers me for the week, those uh, Zoom meetings. Uh, so yep. join the private group, and then you can get that link. Uh, the private group on Facebook is, you know, through our Facebook 
page. You just click on groups and then you can ask to join. Not being a recovery meeting person, every Sunday, literally every Sunday, I'm like, I am not doing the meeting yeah. this week. I am I'm not. I can't doing believe the you still so, you come and then I week. and then I end up showing up because you you never and someone said this to me a long time ago. You never regret, you know, going to a meeting, which that's almost well, true. Almost. But like, you know, I always feel better afterwards. I'm always like, I'm so glad I did that. You know, even though I don't want to, sometimes I get that social anxiety. Yes. Um, video bugs me out. I don't like yeah. being on video. Um, I'm missing next week, though, because I'm, <laughs> I'm going to the Museum of Natural History, mm. if it's still open. Yeah, but um, I think I'll, I should be able to do this the day after Christmas. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. should try and be there. Um, and, uh, but it's been really, uh, really interesting, let's say, because I am closing my store after the holidays, and um, uh, I have a lot of customers who really love coming in. Um, there's not enough of them, is what I'm telling them, <laughs> you know. But the ones that do come, you know, because it's like a full service. It's you know, you come in and Nat takes care of you, basically. Uh, yes, not uh, no happy ending, but you know, I do help people find what they need, and um, and I've gotten to be very friendly with a lot of them. It was a good chance for me to meet my neighbors. Basically, those of you on Patreon can actually see in our first video Nat helping a customer select some balls <laughs> yeah. for uh, for Christmas. Yeah, because we left the we left the camera running. Yeah, uh, and I, I provided some I provided some color commentary uh, as <laughs> Nat was serving his customers. Well, listen, so. once the store is closed, I'm going to have hopefully more time to devote to recovery in the Middle Ages, and um, you know I have another job lined up, but uh, it's it's been really tough and telling. Um, Telling my customers that, you know, we're just not going to be there next year. But some of my customers are entrepreneurs and very rich. <laughs> and there's this one. And so I'm in the back of my mind, I'm like, hmm, maybe someone's going to feel sorry for me and like buy this store. Yeah. And I had one of those individuals in my shop. And uh, and I just, you know, told him, oh, yeah, we're not going to be there. And he starts getting ideas. He's looking around. And he, his idea was, you know what you should do? And his wife is trying to stop him from yeah. talking. She's like, no, no, Vito, we don't want to do this. And he goes, no, we could have one of these virtual, like, golf swing machines. And you could just, That would be you know, incredible. Yeah. I and, would do uh, that. He thought it was like, and um, I was like, hmm. I'm like, Joseph Nows could come by and, like, open the store up for us. <laughs> Showing his uh, golf swing, but I thought that was funny. You break a bottle of champagne yeah. over the bow. But it's this. it's bittersweet, you know. It's like trying to, as soon as I tell people, they get this, their face drops, like they heard someone yeah. died. Well, I mean, this town, when a store closes, it's very yeah. sad, you know. It's just, it. the problem is, the reason the stores are closing is because people don't shop at the stores. They like the idea of having small yeah. stores, but actually patronizing them is a whole other thing. Yeah. Like we went yeah. to the bookstore this this weekend, like my wife and I. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a new bookstore that opened in town, right? Um, uh, owned by a former congressman. It's uh, a really cool bookstore. Yeah. I don't... Do you, do you care? No. At I this like point? meeting people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's great, but what he did was he leverages... the. He, first of all, I spoke to him the other day in there. And, oh, yeah. And he goes, um, believe me, this is not a, uh, a financial a financially prudent thing. He's like, I'm just doing this, I knew it. you know, cause he's, he doesn't have to make money. Off no. it. I, and if anything, I think he's, he's probably got some kind of tax thing going on. That Could this be. is good for him or something, but he's got like the Roosevelt memorabilia, all, cool. all that stuff from, from town. And, uh, it's just so nice to see a place like that, you know, and, and it's nice to see a place like, like yeah. yours, like to have a sporting goods store, to have a bookstore, to have yeah. a chocolate store, to have a this, that, and the other thing. But, you know, it's always a struggle in this town trying to... It is. You know. And those are the businesses that will do well, the ones that don't need to make money. And um, there's plenty of those already. But unfortunately, I just did not... I was not able to prop this up 
uh, another year, you know, with the business not being there. Well, uh, the so COVID it's, again strikes you know, again. You it's know? sad. Um, well, how did you do on Panic Saturday before Sunday? They call it Panic Saturday. I just heard that term this week, yeah. and I've been saying it to everybody. Panic Saturday. Panic Saturday. The last Saturday that before Christmas. That doesn't help, you know, by calling it Panic Saturday. <laughs> well, it... it did the job on me. I, I was like, Aaron, let's go to the mall. Let's go to the mall. Come on. We got to go buy, got to go do stuff. Um, and of course, our two older kids don't get out of bed until like noon. So we just left them be. And Ben was not into going to the mall. So it was just me and Aaron for the like first time. We spent like hours together both on Saturday and yep. Sunday. And it was an awesome time. We didn't, there was no fighting. There yep. was just, you know, and we didn't really even buy that much. It was really just kind of walked around soaking up the Christmas. You, you didn't buy anything in, in my store, did you? We were going to buy something at your store. In fact... <laughs> you didn't feel bad for me walking by, seeing me alone, watching Netflix? Well, well we came in yes. to talk. After and I, you went somewhere else, I might add. Well, you don't sell books, do you? <laughs> if <laughs> you sold books, I'd buy books from you. I've got... Hey, I've got one book here, Living Sober. That's what I should... Yeah, we already, we already read <laughs> that one. Living just, Sober. Just put it... That's the only thing on the shelf, yeah, living just, sober. Just living. Right. It's sort of like um, the Dianetics reading room. No, we came in... You know what? I like those, those things that you... you Oh, you the punch, poppet. the poppets, yeah. like for the fidget things. Yeah, you yeah, and we every were looking for those, but you uh, you sold most of yeah. yours. Yeah, and I'm not so. buying anything more. Right, so point. you know, but yeah. it was good to see Mike and Aaron. Uh, it was always fun, you know, because it was nice. I'm usually, but it was way. it was a good weekend, you know. Even though we, it's like four days to Christmas, and we still are like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got boxes downstairs. I got Santa's workshop going, but I don't know. Yeah, you know, the stress is out there, and I'm seeing it in my family. You know, um, we're having 15 people over for Christmas, and uh, it's very stressful. And I, God love my uh, mother-in-law, but she sort of adds an extra layer of stress because mm. my wife gets stressed out um, by the way she tries to, you know, control her or whatever. You know, all of that old stuff that just pops back up. Everybody's got that with their parents if sure. they're still alive. Especially around the holidays. Yeah, and um, it's just an added layer of stress. So I'm constantly trying to be the one to tamp it down. Like, because I don't snap really at people. What I do is I close the door and sob in the bathroom. And then I come <laughs> out and I just be that guy, you know, and I'd be good. Right. You know, I'm not going around, like, kicking the dog and things like that. But Do you have a dog? Uh, no, just a cat. <laughs> I don't kick the cat, but... Um, it's just one of those times and it, it requires those of us who are aware of it enough to try and pull it back when you're talking to other people. Right. And sometimes I have to work really hard, force a smile because I know that it'll serve that person better. Maybe they'll be in a better mood and they'll pass that on. So I believe in like the putting the positivity, not toxic, <laughs> but productive positivity. There you go. I try and bring that out. I don't know. I was I was looking at your social media feed, and it looks like you were making some Christmas cookies. Yeah, it was a very idyllic scene over there. Where where are my where are my cookies? <laughs> your cookies? Oh, uh, we have lots of cookies. You'll get some. Okay. Yeah, we made plenty right. of cookies. Nice. Um, your 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 wife's got one of the, or you I guess I don't know who. She's got one of those old Christmas cookie guns that spits them out like the shape of a little flower. Yeah. My 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 uh, folks had those growing up, so uh, it. It was a nostalgic moment for me seeing you making Christmas cookies. It was fun, you know, and the worst part about it, if there is a bad thing, is I'm red-green colorblind, which means it's harder for me to distinguish the two. <laughs> Sucks around Christmas, uh, huh? Yeah, you know, and so <laughs> we're putting the, the sprinkles and whatnot, and there's a bowl of red, and there's a bowl of green and white, and, uh, you know, I was like, yeah, just put put the green on that one, and then, of course, I get it all wrong. The whole thing is reversed. <laughs> 
And, uh, and she's like, oh, I forgot you can't see colors. <laughs> and I'm like, I can see colors. I'm just like you. Um, Should have worn those special glasses. What I need is the indoor ones that aren't oh, sunglasses because okay, they make yeah. them. It's just 400 bucks. Yeah. Um, and so that was a lot of fun. I love, you know, I came back from work making the cookies. I'm a guy like I love the fire roaring. Yep. You know. Uh, Me too. I don't know. It was a very relaxing little break in, in you know, this, you know, the chaos and everything. But I think we're doing pretty good. The kids got some presents that mm. they like. I got my wife some cool stuff. Um, I don't know. I'm excited for it. Um, I love this time of year. And um, I don't know. Maybe I'm forcing it. <laughs> but I'll do it. Um, in any case. In any case. So I heard... That you are stocking up on amphetamines. What does that mean? That's yeah. I know that's interesting, right? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, my son has the ADHD, mm-hmm. and um, he <laughs> the he has the ADHD, and you know, for several years he didn't want anything to do with any kind of medication. But uh, it got to the point where you know now we're we're in crunch time. He's got to get out of senior year, you know, uh, intact without failing anything. So he agreed to start. Medication. So the the doctor originally prescribed some uh, Wellbutrin or something. Mm-hmm. Apparently that helps with ADHD. But he didn't want to try that. It, or he's like he he's he took one and he's like it doesn't do anything. <laughs> like, did you try and snorting? And I'm it? like, well, <laughs> well I'm like, boy, up. that sounds familiar. You know, <laughs> you got to wait an hour before you see if it kicks in. Um, they snort those in jail and they call them wellies. Do they really? Yeah. Huh. Don't tell me that. Okay. All right, because I have a bottle of Wellbutrin in my... That's fine. Um, I heard it's not that good. So <laughs> um, so then he's, he wanted to try the stimulants, so we got him something called Vivance. Have you heard of this? Revive with Vivance. No, it's, uh, <laughs> it reminds me of Vivance. I have, but I'm, I'm not clear on what it is. It's is like it? Adderall, but instead of being... Um, methamphetamine that you take you take this you and your it. and your body converts it into some sort of amphetamine oh. derivative and so i think the effects are similar but you're less able to abuse it because it's also got the a body long, yeah and it's and it's a long time release as oh, well maybe i need that so um you know of course i looked up <laughs> how to abuse it uh yeah, side effects can you abuse it how, you know but um but what we've been doing and i, I mean i amphetamines were never my thing. Like I, I don't think I ever did meth or anything. No, I never know? did meth, but not, I will, not, not willingly. No. Like I'm sure it was in some of the nasty Coke that I used to get smoke in Brooklyn. This, you mother- <laughs> but um, nobody forced you to smoke it. Yeah. But uh, so what we were, what we've have been doing though is counting the pills because we know how many he's takes. You think he's going to sell it or something or take too many? Well, the reason that we got the time release is because there is no resale value. See, hmm. that's a problem when your parents have, have struggled with drug abuse yeah. in the it, past. It's like, you know all the tricks, right? Yeah, um, yeah. My son's not getting away with shit. So, so I, was talking to, um, I was talking to Aaron this morning about, uh, uh, you know, just in stuff. And, and she sent me this text that said, there's apparently a drug awareness program called Meth Mouse. Hmm. Have you heard of this? No, it sounds amazing. I'm going to look it up and we'll report on that for the <laughs> next thing. I, if it's like a little cartoon yeah. mouse that does meth, yeah. I'm going to enjoy the fuck out of that. Yeah. I think know? it's called Mighty Mouse. Isn't he yeah. famously snorting cocaine before he took off on Mighty Mouse? Was he? That's what, that's the word on the street. People would say huh. that if you watch Mighty Mouse, notice how he sniffs something before he flies away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, monsters out there, uh, find if you can find that, send it over if that's true. But anyway, so I have a house full of amphetamines, but no desire to take them. Let's hope it stays that way. Um, I'd like to say that if 
I am worried about, because my son has ADHD as well, and that's an official diagnosis, not me just saying it to excuse him for things. Um, and, you know, medication has been talked about. His therapist says, you know, this would be something extremely helpful for him. Right. Um, and because I have a history of abusing Adderall and Ritalin, I'm worried about that. Isn't that crazy? Because I've never been sober this long, and part of me being sober this long is not having shit right in front of me. I don't hang around drug users. I don't call them. Mm. You know, it doesn't show up in my everyday life. Mm. So with like drinking, it's all the time I'm saying no, so I'm used to it. Right. But I'm not used to having a bottle of uh, Adderall in my house, you know. Uh, I don't know. It makes me nervous. Now, I think I'm strong enough in my recovery to do, not do that. And I'm, But it's just in the back of my mind. It's one of these inner fears I have. Yeah, you can leave it at my house. Yeah, so you can do it. Uh, more for me. <laughs> so um, I think you're, you'll yeah. be fine. And, and plus, doctors don't like giving Adderall anymore because it's basically just legal pharmaceutical grade yeah. meth. So I wrote so much music on that shit. <laughs> Some of it was good. Most well, of it was a see, train wreck. See, that's the wreck. thing, man. When you tie that shit up to productivity, yeah. you know. I, I know. know. I've been playing guitar, you know, sober now. And um, the more I play, it took a while. I think we were talking to um, Paul Churchill about this. Mm-hmm. He got back into music. It took me a few years of being in recovery before I started to get that itch, you know, the desire to play. Do you play for your family? Because Paul plays the ukulele for his dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> for I, I, I'm tolerated by my family. <laughs> you know, I'll play and people pretend like I'm not doing it. And then my son will be like, that was pretty good, dad. I'm like, thanks. Wow. And uh, I never get that from I anybody mean, in my no, family. No, Christine just turns the volume up on the, sh- right, on the television. Right, right. I play, Can I, you go in the bedroom with that? You know? I play in the living room like every night a little bit and I never get, it's like the hardest room. Like nobody, nobody even acknowledges that <laughs> I'm doing it. All I want it. is validation for my <laughs> talents, you know? Um, and so, uh, you know, that's, that's been interesting. Oh, guess what? First time ever, we got a babysitter. For our kids. <laughs> the first time ever? We've never, well, we've had like our parents and things like that. We've never like wow. hired a babysitter. Where did you find her? Next door. Oh, we so it's somebody you know. Yeah, she's uh, 14 years old. And let me tell you. <laughs> They're responsible. Dude, she is one of the most responsible <laughs> people. I think when she was like eight, uh, my wife and I were like, she's going to be the babysitter. Because she was been taking care of her younger so siblings. you've been grooming this person for years. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been telling the parents, you know, I'm like, you know babysitter and they're like well we'll see you know so finally for the first time uh, my brother and his wife are on tour to see everything about the american revolution because they just watched this television program called turn oh that's a great show so after watching that now you know they have an empty nest so they're finally having fun again uh-huh. and, uh, and so one of the things Someday. so in our particular town was one of the turning points uh, of the uh, American Revolutionary War. Uh, you have the Culper Spiring, you have, you know, Simcoe mm. and... Um, There's a Simcoe Townsend. Street over there. Yeah, my brother says he's actually a villain. If I would just watch the show, I would know. He is. Um, oh, he is. So my yeah. brother was Not right Not quite about as villainous as the show made him out to be, but... Yeah. And so uh, there's a nice little uh, restaurant that just opened up that uh, we ate at. And uh, it was a good time, you know. Um, the problem, if there was one, uh, is there is a, a brewery next door to it. And, of course, I couldn't get there until about dinner time when mm-hmm. we were meeting. But they were at, you know, Raynham Hall Museum for, um, uh, yeah, I know, um, <laughs> at 3 o'clock. I'm going to have to bleep out a couple things. You said nah, my last name and everything. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> 
So we are, you know, they were going to go to the museum and then wait for us um, at this brewery. And so by the time we met up for dinner, my brother's eyes were glassy and he was already going on and on about uh, the COVID hoaxes and Mm -hmm. how, you know, and so... Ugh. So it was so hard for me. I love my brother, you know. I uh, always looked up to him. He's a really smart guy. He's a high school English teacher, uh, advanced placement and stuff like that. And went to college and everything. And still, to hear how, like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a total, I don't know what it is. It's like they latch on to these things that just aren't true. Uh, in any case, I'm trying because I have, to, I don't argue with him because I don't want to because there's no arguing with this kind of thing. Right. But uh, um, it kept going. And the, the drunker he was, like, the more he was pressing it. And uh, and I pushed back a little bit. And then uh, my wife was kind of hitting me, like, just let him say it, you know? And I'm like, yeah, he's doing I, I feel like uh, he's doing it to piss me off, you know, because he knows it pushes my buttons, you know, because it's my older brother. But right. I'm probably overly sensitive. He and, knows how um, to push your buttons. Oh, Siblings yeah. do. And so that was a little frustrating, and um, but we had a great night. The babysitter did great, and um, she'll do it again. The kids had fun. I mean, they're sick of our parents, you know. Yeah, um, they, if you um, find a good babysitter, hang on to them because they're yeah. worth, worth their weight in yeah. gold. Yeah, I'll tell you. So uh, enough about us. Let's talk about Wait. the people. Okay, I, here, I have something about the people that I absolutely must say. I am okay. issuing a correction. Oh. All right. Is this very important? Oh. Um, mm. Listen, last week I indicated that there was a lone twat on Twitter. Yes. Um, who was wharfed at. What I neglected to remember was, which is another way of saying forgot, that the great Scott Wick uh, is also a Twitter guy. Oh. And, uh, you know, he Was had, he offended? Yes, he was. Uh, he was really pissed off, and uh, I think he was sticking. I hope he was. And uh, you know who you said I'm not the t- so Scott. You are the other twit. So I've got two twits and a partridge in a pear tree. Very uh, good. But yeah, Scott, I haven't seen you on the uh, the private group in a while, and I just sort of you know out of sight, out of mind. I'm like, and I was thinking the other day, I haven't seen Scott in a while. Where isn't he posting? And, uh, and so it just left my mind. So it's partially. Your fault, partially my fault. But it's important, you know, that we take responsibilities for our side okay. of it. In any case, so thank you for being a twat. All right, yes. Which is a term of thank en- you. And thank to be you. clear, it's a term of endearment. Right. Okay. Are we uh, are we going to to play some voicemails? Uh, Can we do that now? Because we're fine, fine, fifty fine. minutes into the show. I, I so much. You know, what? we'll put this on Patreon. Okay. All right, go. All right. So. In no so okay so what we did is we asked everybody I posted a hotline we asked people to call in and leave a message about what their recovery means to them what's the what's the number uh, I think it's five well, they call it now it's not there's no point to that okay uh, you know what yes give I, the number I think it's five one six eight 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 six two nine seven yeah is that okay right? sure all right try that all right um, and then you can leave your story. Uh, or say hello, and maybe we play it. Okay. So I'm, so here's the first one we got all the way back on November 29th. Uh, Who is it? Well, my name is Milos. I love your show. I, uh, I grew up in the Ukraine, and I love your vodka. I drink so much vodka that uh, my, uh, I throw up in my uh, furry rooski hat. 
please don't use my name on the show, but it is Milos uh, Kuznetsova. Yag Jemesh. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, interesting. That was interesting. Yeah, uh, Milos, we were glad that you're drinking vodka, and uh, thanks for calling in. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, should we tell them that was actually you? Uh, was, okay. Don't tell them. All don't right. Tell them. All right um, thank you, Milos. Yes. Okay. Here is another one. You know what? People who don't announce their names like right at the beginning, I don't see it. Yeah. So okay. let's just play it. Okay, this is our friend Ryan. Oh, calling from before he made it into rehab. Yeah, so, so and, and Ryan's doing great. He's, yes, he, he was is. on day ten. So this is him prior to going okay. in. But I think, yeah. Hello, monsters. This is the uh, not quite middle aged yet uh, member of the uh, RMA family, Rhina, also known as Ryan. My Facebook name is Rhina Johnston. Um, and I've been wanting to call in for a while. I, I kept in contact with Nat about doing so, and uh, I see on the post in the Facebook group that there is uh, an option to do so, so I called the hotline. And, uh, the question you guys posted is, uh, what is your recovery, and how is it working for you? Um, that's you know, kind of a loaded question for me, because I have been in and out of treatment. I'm 34. I've been in and out of treatment for about seven years. I'm, I think the current one um, that I'm coming up on will be like my 16, 16, honestly, I, I stopped counting. But um, what is your recovery? Well, I'm from Chicago, and um, I, like I said, I bounced in and out of treatment there for years. Um, I'm a polysubstance abuser, and uh, drug, main drug of the choice of uh, being opiates and alcohol. But I'm a garbage dumpster. If it changes the way I feel, you better give me more. Um, and as I was trying to get into treatment in Chicago, I contacted an old friend from Florida who... Uh, whose wife runs a program down here that is actually totally free. Um, and it's not like a shithole. It's a really nice place. And I, I wasn't getting any bites on treatment centers in Chicago. I now have a state insurance. So they, uh, they told me they could get me in. So on a leap of faith, I, I, I'm actually in Florida now, um, waiting on their couch uh, to get into this place, which seems like it should be in the next week or so. So my recovery right now is they go to work during the day. And I get dropped off at an AA clubhouse. I sit in meetings all day. They take me home. Um, they're two very spiritual AA people who have been in the program a long time and sober a long time. So um, until I get into the treatment center, that's kind of what's the deal here. And the treatment center is a 12-step immersion program, meaning it's heavy AA-focused. And yes, I do feel a certain type of way about that. Um, I've had my displeasure with AA over the years. But I'm in a real desperate situation at this point, so I'm going to give it my all and see what happens. Um, I'm just going in with, you know, a clear head and uh, a clear heart, and I'm hoping that, you know, this works. And it'll only work if I allow it to. Um, you know, at the very least, it'll keep me in a safe place for a few months while I clear my head. And if I decide to go an alternative uh, way after that, I can do so, you know. So I love RMA. Matt, Mike, you guys know I love you. Uh, thanks for keeping uh, in touch with me. And next time, when I send in a uh, re rendition of Recovery in the News, I won't be high as fuck while I do it. Anyway, <laughs> love you guys. Have a great day. I'll keep in touch. Uh, sweet. Love you too, man. Um, yeah, so great. That's fantastic. And, you know, the update, like we said, he got finally into that treatment. He made it. 
um, through living on two extremely spiritual AA people's couch for a couple of weeks, which is probably the biggest accomplishment of this. And yeah. he's doing great. And we've been talking him through it as much as we can. Um, I try and talk to him every day on Messenger. And um, yeah, thanks for calling in. Buddy. Thanks, Ryan. We appreciate it. Hang in there. And, you know, when you listen back to this, you, already you'll be able to see how far you've, uh, yeah. you've come. So that's awesome. Very cool. So who's next? Next, the- we got uh, Grant. Uh-huh, Grant, Grant called B. in with a quickie. So. G-Money Smooth. Here we go. Hey, this is Grant, a.k.a. G-Money Smooth. I'll keep this brief because I'm just really calling for the socks. At a time of year that can be difficult for a lot of people, but especially for those of us who are struggling with addiction, I just wanted to send well wishes to you, Nat and Mike, and to all the monksters. Um, for me, recovery in the Middle Ages has really been one of the high points of my life over the past year, an important part of my recovery. So thank you, Mike and Nat, for everything you've created with the podcast, the Facebook community, and all of the time and effort I know you guys put into this. So through the podcast and the Facebook chat and the Zoom meetings, we we learn, we love, and most importantly, I think we laugh together. So, Monksters, be well. And for Ryan, motherfucker. We're all rooting for you, Ryan, and wishing you the best. Happy holidays, everyone. All right, Grant. Oh, man. We learn, we laugh, and we love together. I like that. Yes. That's kind of what this is all about. The life, the love, the recovery. And the laughing. And the laughter. Thank you, Grant. All right. been a lot of help. We appreciate it. Who ne- is next? Next up, we have Elizabeth from the 617. Word. Hi, guys. My name is Elizabeth, and um, I'm calling to leave a message for the holiday show and wish everybody a Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah. I um, have been sober now for 10 months. <clears throat> And um, I'm in my early 70s, so um, this was something I really never thought about and never thought would happen. But when I was um, overusing uh, at least a bottle of wine a night, I, you know, finally admitted to myself that I had a problem. And after many, many attempts at moderation and uh all kinds of um, other tricks. Um, there was never uh, a good answer. And um, I became sober curious at the same time the local newspapers started writing about the phrase sober curious. And um, there were some links in there. And that led me to a lot of quit literature that I started reading and some podcasts. And um, I discovered Annie Grace and started listening to her quite a bit. Never signed up for her program, but I just stopped drinking. And through Annie Grace, I heard my um, history, life and story, and um, was inspired to listen to Recovery in the Middle Ages. And... um, I've been a member of the Facebook group, uh, the private Facebook group, for um, nine months or so now and have corresponded with you guys 
and been on the Zoom meetings, and I just feel um, understood, and I've learned a lot from the other folks in the group, and uh, I feel like if I can do it, anyone can do it. I never had a DUI, thank God. I never killed anyone. Um, I... I drove when I shouldn't have for over 50 years and uh, consider myself lucky. I have probably cooked my liver, but medical tests don't show that. And um, I feel really good about myself. Also, Smart Recovery has helped me a lot. I attend a weekly in-person meeting and um, Smart Recovery has some good Options. I think there's a, <laughs> I think you. there's a limit on the uh, voicemail, so some oh. people get cut off, unfortunately, after a certain amount of time. But uh, Elizabeth, thanks so much. Uh, love having you participate in the Facebook group and on the meetings on Sunday. And uh, you know, as much as you feel like you're learning from us, we're learning from from you as well. So. Yeah, I think it's so great that um, you know, even in your 70s, you can make a change like this. Yeah, you know? it's never too um, late. And so that should be, you know, a lesson for all of us that, you know, it's never too late to do something healthy and positive for your life. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Who's next? (laughs) We're going to do a little uh, Christmas levity now with our next caller, who you may uh, recognize from uh, some of our past episodes as a... uh, Participant with some female energy that she brings to the sausage party here. Oh, yes. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> take it away, Erin. Hey, guys. It's Erin. Uh, I wanted to check out this hotline thing and probably just let everyone know what a gigantic dork I am because um, I have some jokes for you, some recovery jokes. Oh, sweet. Uh, okay. So I used to be addicted to the hokey pokey, but I turned myself around. (laughs) I used to be addicted to Tide Pods, but now I'm clean. (laughs) I make myself laugh, if nothing else. Okay, I knew this guy who was addicted to drinking brake fluid. He says he could stop any (laughs) time. That's a good one. (laughs) Okay. She's laughing on the Uh, message. (laughs) Why do children of recovering alcoholics have such big family reunions? Why? Because they have 12-step parents. Oh, wow. Yikes. Oh, my God. It's kind of dark, man. Uh, Did you hear about the man who fell into the upholstery machine? Nope. He's fully recovered. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I'm going to spare you guys. That was all I have for today. But (laughs) Yep. So now everyone knows what a big dork I am. And I love you guys. And I love all the listeners. And... Uh, bye. 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 Thanks, Aaron. Oh, the great Aaron Moore from Get Smart. Those were funny. It it just goes to show you that dads don't have the uh, monopoly on bad jokes. (laughs) No. Uh, Those were good jokes, in my opinion. They're great. But that's because I'm in my 50s. (laughs) Thank you, Aaron. 
Okay. We've got a few more, I think. A few more, we do. Uh, next up, we have Courtney from the 941. Word up. Yeah. Hi, good afternoon. Uh, this is Courtney Dean Jobbers, and no, I don't want to be anonymous. Um, I'm going to try to sum it up in a couple of minutes. I don't know how easy that's going to be, but I will certainly try. I've been struggling with addiction since I was 15. Both my parents were alcoholics and drug addicts. Um, my mom is still an alcoholic. My father had cirrhosis of the liver and died when he was 42. Uh, he did spend seven years clean prior to his death, but he did essentially die from an alcoholic-related disease. Um, going through my teenage years, we drank, we smoked weed, we tripped on acid. I sold acid uh, for my boyfriend. I cooked uh, K, uh, which is ketamine for those who don't know, um, and I sold it and also did it which was a trippy drug. I wasn't really fond of it, but I would do it if it was there along with everything else, including cocaine, um, <clears throat> pills, whatever I could get my hands on. Um, this continued until I had my kids and I stopped uh, for, you know, a little while while I was raising them, but I always drank uh, because it was something that we found to be normal in the town we're from. So I'm from Bayonne, which is in New Jersey, and it's right near Hoboken, and it's similar to Hoboken, whereas there is a bar on every corner, and that's what everyone did. Uh, there are still the same people that I hung out with when I was 21 in these bars and still frequenting, frequenting these bars. So um, I'm in Florida now. And, um, I still see them, uh, you know, posting on Facebook where they're at, who they're with. It's crazy how things just don't change. I'm not saying that they're all alcoholics, but I'm saying that, um, they all possess similar qualities. I continued just drinking and smoking through, uh, postpartum, uh, doing cocaine on the weekends, um, just to numb my, Self from postpartum with my kids and just from raising them in general was very difficult because I didn't have a lot of support. Fast forward to, um, because that basically stayed the same throughout my lifetime and my 20s and my 30s. Um, my last child was born when I was 30. So, um, you know, I've been drinking since then. So in 2017, I found sobriety, uh, a sobriety stint for two years. And uh, I felt amazing. It was that rainbow, or is it the, not rainbow, uh, pink cloud that they speak of. And Courtney actually got cut off, but she called back. And is this the second got a part two? Okay. Courtney, part two. I'm super embarrassed because I got cut off in the middle of my long, drawn out story. But <laughs> no to need sum to be embarrassed. Up, um, after my sobriety stint of two years in 2017, 2017, my brother-in-law was a police officer in Fort Myers who was shot and killed. Jesus. And um, I kind of fell off the wagon and continued to drink um, and do drugs and, um, you know, completely damaged myself, my relationships, my children. Um so I also picked up an addiction to Percocet, in which I used Kratom, 
to come off of. And after listening to Bianca's story, um, it really resonated in me because I got addicted to Kratom, even though it's um, natural, I would say, and legal. Um, but it is very much like an opiate. And um, that was satisfying my craving. And I was doing that while smoking and drinking. So I decided back in October of 2020 that I was going to quit drinking because I had gone out the day before um, with a child of mine and a child of my friends um, after I had drank and drove and drove over divider in a parking lot at a birthday party um, in front of other children. So needless to say, I woke up with a hell of a bunch of shame. And so that's it. So I quit alcohol for now it's 14 months, but I was also smoking weed and uh, Kratom, which I was calling California sober as I use air quotes. And um, that just didn't work for me. So to salvage everything in my life, I decided to go sober, sober, which I've been now for uh, 20 days um, off of everything, Kratom, marijuana, everything. Um, but alcohol, 14 months. And I stick with that, even though, you know, one sobriety date is what they require. Uh, I use too, because it makes me feel better. But that's it. Sorry for the long-winded message. Have a nice day. Bye. Wow. Thank you. That's some story. Thanks, Courtney. I yeah. mean, geez. Um, yeah, a lot sounds, in there. Yeah, a lot of personal tragedy. Um, sorry about your brother and everything. And It sounds like you're thriving, though, in spite of it. Yeah. And so congratulations. Um, I was thinking about... When Paul Churchill was on the show, I thought it was a little funny when he's he's like, congratulations for quitting alcohol. You know, it's funny because we did it a few years ago. Right. So it's funny, but yeah, congratulations, yeah. like really, I mean, yeah. to get through all of that. And, uh, you know, it's a real inspiration. Thank you for calling. Um, who is next? Next, we have uh, Mariah. Mariah, Mariah. Let's see. Hi guys, this is Maya. Um, I'm just calling to say happy holidays and um, just thank you very much for your podcast. I found you kind of early in my recovery. Um, the reason that my husband and I both stopped is last this time last year and into the spring, he was going through basically um, drug-induced paranoid psychosis, um, which was extremely horrible to go through, um, and my drinking and using put me in total denial about the situation until it was really, really bad. Um, so eventually, he went to a treatment center, and I just kind of stopped, and he found the 12 steps, and I kind of wanted that just to be for him. Um, so... I started reaching out to podcasts, and I found you guys, and um, it's been really great listening to you. When I first started listening, I would get kind of annoyed with all the chit-chat about your personal lives and all that, but, (laughs) you know, what I've come to realize is that you showed me that it's totally possible to have a normal life and just be happy with just, like, the day-to-day awesome, wonderful Really stuff that goes on. Um, so I really like it now, and I just really appreciate you guys so much. You just always made me feel like there was a way to do this, um, you know, whether you're doing 12 steps or you're doing other ways. And I still haven't quite landed on 
what's going to work for me long term. But, you know, I'm going on nine months clean and sober now. Wow. Awesome. As is my husband. So we're doing something right. So anyway, um, lots of love to you guys and to all the monsters out there. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Thanks. Bye. Merry Christmas, Dad. Thanks, Mariah. That's, wow. that's awesome. The fact that we were able to convert you from someone that didn't like listening to us bullshit about <laughs> our lives to the fact that you like it is, gives me hope you know, <laughs> that we could do the same for others. That's an unintended consequence of doing that, you know, and I'm starting to realize that maybe that is what it does. I mean, we model we, our, our lives just, for people. I don't know. Like we first did it just to like create Kyla. We didn't know how to fill up a whole show. So right. we started talking about our lives, but she makes a really great like point about how that could be helped. Like, we do have joy in these mundanities, these things that just you think just regular people do, but that I was so divorced from before I got clean. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm so happy you could see, you know, uh, something positive out of our boring lives. Um, but really, 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 we appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it. We appreciate you. Uh, and keep it up. Great work. Who's next? Next, we have Eric. From the 518. Okay. Was that Albany? Upstate. Upstate. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Eric from upstate New York. Um, I am a longtime listener, I guess, for the length of your podcast. I've been listening since spring of last year, and it has helped me immensely. I am about, I think, 10 days away from my one-year anniversary sobriety, and I could not have made that happen without listening and laughing along to the RMA podcast. Nice. So I just want to say, Mike and Matt, thank you so much for all the work you do, all the stuff you put into that podcast. Obviously, it's a lot of work. And um, you guys and the people that are calling in and listening and um, the whole Monkster crew are part of my recovery community. I don't really have much beyond that um, because... I'm not an AA guy. Um, I just decided last year that enough was enough. Right after Christmas, I told my family, I told my kids, I told my wife, I'm quitting. Keep me accountable. And so far, it's worked. And uh, through their accountability and through listening to the podcast and through reading, um, it's worked so far. But a lot of it is RMA and the fact that you guys make something that is uh, informative and funny and um, just an all-around good listen. And I tried to leave a, a review on Apple Podcasts several times, and mm. for whatever reason, it didn't work. So <laughs> this is my review. <laughs> Thumbs up, guys, and keep it going, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's so great. Thanks, man. We should do this every day. I like to hear people <laughs> tell me how much I'm helping them. I love it. Thank you so much. Seriously. And, uh, uh, it helps yeah. us just as much. Yeah. Who's next? Uh, this is our last one. Uh-oh. Okay. I'm going to be sad. It's oh, like finishing too. all your presents, you know? I know. All right. This message is for Mike. Hmm. I just called to say <laughs> I love you. Wow. I just hmm. called. To say how much I care, I do. Night. Uh, oh, I think I, uh, that's a big fan of mine. I think I know who that is. Yes. It's my wife. My wife. <laughs> your wife. That's all right. Thank you yes. so much, Aaron. Yeah, thanks uh, for calling it in. And a lovely voice. 
I know. Well, well, that's nice. That's the best present of all. Indeed. Thank you, everybody, for calling in. We are going to leave the hotline up all year round. Sure. Anytime you feel like dropping some wisdom. We'll freaking play it. Man. Yeah. Absolutely. We love to hear from you guys. You're a part of the show, and I love it. Okay, cool. So the number is 518-888. No, it's 516. <laughs> sorry. 516-888-6297. Is that right? 6297. <clears throat> I don't uh, know. Tap dance like a monkey while I look up the number. Yeah. So uh, give a call, and um, yeah, we appreciate it. So what are we going to do for the rest of this show? Well, we still have the... Oh. We've got a really great... Um, <laughs> We have a really great article that we're going to go over. Uh, it's called, uh, it's Wait, actually Recovery in the News. Can we take a quick break and be back after these words? We'll be right back after these words. And we're back, and we have confirmed that the hotline is, in fact, 516-888-6297. Can I make a request? Sure. So, the music and the wait, the last one was jarring <laughs> and horrible. And Horrible? I'm, I'm going to apologize horrible. for all of us at RMA. The, the, the wait music on the last episode was... 20 minutes to find <laughs> so, something like that. So, let's, let's do something less jarring. Oh. Like, uh, I don't know. You're good at this. You find something good. I'll find something. We'll get Aaron to sing something in the middle. Mm. We could. <laughs> All right. So we're going to do things a little differently for the holiday spectacular. Maybe I'll play my guitar. How about play that? Play your guitar. Play <laughs> something cool. All right. Yeah. Do, um, what was that one? Green sleeves. Green sleeves. Um, and now it's time for Recovery in the News. Yeah. All right. Recovery in the news. Recovery. That's a good Christmas motherfucker right there. <laughs> Holiday motherfucker. Recovering the news. Um, festive fears. The 13 signs you're a functioning alcoholic and what to look out for in your loved ones. That's awesome. Okay. That's from the sun. The sun. Christmas is just around the corner, and for most people, it comes with extra helpings of booze. But if you're able to guzzle gallons of mulled wine or Santa stat without feeling bleak, then it could mean you're a functioning alcoholic. Experts define a functioning alcoholic as someone who suffers from alcoholism, but is still able to keep up daily activities such as work and social commitments. Hmm. Um, it's because people are able to live a seemingly normal life that, that because that it that it can be hard to spot a functioning alcoholic. I'm sorry. Um, CEO of Delmere Health and Addiction Specialist Martin Preston said, those that suffer from alcoholism are exceptionally good at hiding their condition. He said, quote, with few apparent negative consequences, a functioning alcoholic is unlikely to want to change whilst they feel they still have time. It's a British paper. Whilst uh, alcohol addiction is at the chronic end of the spectrum of alcohol use disorders, for which there is no cure. Quote, it can, however, 
be successfully treated, and the sooner treatment is undertaken, the better for the individual concerned and their loved ones. Can I tell you, um, the way that they talk about it, it almost seems as though like they're on the hunt for functional alcoholics, right? <laughs> There's like, plenty uh, of them. It's because people are able to live a seemingly normal life that it can be hard to spot the functioning alcoholic. <laughs> like, <laughs> you look like, very closely. You, look, <laughs> right, you right. can see the guy who goes into the bathroom for way too long, it, too it's, often. It's great that they give you little tips, like the signs that you need to, to, to find one. One is like... a. What the are fu- the signs? They, well, they list 13. Right. Well, I don't think we're going to do have to go through all of them, but it's like a constant supply of booze. Like the <laughs> functional alcoholic must have one, you know. <laughs> they make sure they have it nearby. Yeah, or hidden everywhere. <laughs> yeah. This can be difficult to spot during the Christmas period as there always seems to be Prosecco or mulled wine flowing freely. <laughs> flowing freely. <laughs> um, I get the impression that The Sun is a tabloid British paper that oh, yeah. may not have like the best reputation. It's sort of like the New York Poster. Post. Well, one of the things they point out is um, a change in behavior. Martin said that becoming irritable, anxious, restless, and unable to sleep if they are unable to drink is a sign of a functioning alcoholic. <laughs> right. Withdrawal symptoms, yeah. definitely a sign. Right. Um, um, so that's one of the things. Look for a change in behavior. Uh, drinking at strange times. Yes. That's yes. another one. Again, many people are partial to a glass of Buck's Fizz on Christmas morning. What is that? Is that another like British <laughs> drink? Uh, which doesn't always mean you have an issue. But Martin says regularly drinking in the morning before going out about their day or at odd times of the day, such as lunchtime, in order to avoid alcohol withdrawal symptoms is also a sign. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite is um, of these is smelling of booze. Um, people who are struggling with drink and who are functional alcoholics will often be consuming booze at different points throughout the day. Um, this leads to people smelling of booze with their urine also smelling strongly. So if you, if you have the chance to smell someone's urine, you can, you can see, you can tell if they're functioning, functioning alcoholic. The urine is also unusually dark due to the fact that the person is usually severely dehydrated. When are we seeing other people's urine? <laughs> so if, you, if you're hunting the wily uh, functional alcoholic, you can often find them in, gathered around the watering holes and, uh, and the toilet where <laughs> you can observe their urine yeah, to so see if, you know. Take a, take a look. It's just the weirdest fucking article, <laughs> yeah. man. I'm well, sorry. Hey, number four is denial. If someone you know or someone or, or you yourself has started to become defensive or flippant when challenged over drinking, then it could be cause for concern. When someone justifies drinking as a way of unwinding after work, man, did I do this, a busy day with the kids or as a reward on a regular basis, then it could be a sign of a functioning alcoholic, denying they're an alcoholic, reasoning that the they still hold down a job or take the kids to school on time is also a sign of a struggle with booze intake and that it's getting in the way of everyday life. That is so true. And I can picture myself at that very stage. Mm-hmm. We went out to dinner one time with my family before I even thought about recovery. And the first thing I did was order uh, vodka on the rocks. And my mom was like, what are you doing? You know, it was some family dinner. And the first thing I did before the food, they ask you for a drink. I went straight for the vodka. Wow. And then I said, what? You know, she goes, you know, are you sure you should be drinking that? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm stressed out. I feel like I want to relax. And then I started telling her how I felt about it. I said, you know. People drink. They don't drink for the flavor, Mom. They drink to feel better. Huh. And I remember having that discussion. It, it like came back into my mind the other day. And that was a perfect example of, you know, that was probably when things started to 
progressed with alcohol where I was, I identified that I was just drinking to feel a certain way Mm -hmm. and I continued to do it and it was my solution. Mm. Uh, So yeah, that's a definitely a sign. Um, I I like the fact that the Brits are a little bit ahead of us when they recommend um, treatment. They say treatment usually involves counseling and medication that helps you slowly cut down on drinking to avoid withdrawal symptoms. Yeah, we wouldn't say that. Right. There are also a number of charity support groups and private clinics to help. I mean, we would say that, but in America, it's a very puritanical. Right. um, You know, the 12 steps are very like fundamentalist, abstinence only, you know, uh, all of that. Uh, So this is kind of, I agree with that. Medication and and um, therapy. Um, loss of memory is another one. We can all appreciate that. Um, risk taking. <clears throat> this is one of the reasons that I, you know, continue to use drugs. I think I blamed it on alcohol and I was right. You know, I didn't ever go out and seek drugs unless I had already been drinking. And that was just the truth because once I realized that and I focused all my attention on not having that first drink, mm. guess what? I never yeah. called my, you know, I right. was able, when the drug dealers would call me out of the blue, I was able to say, no, go fuck yourself. I'm not yes. interested. Once I started drinking, you know, Katie bar the door. You all know, bets are off. All bets are off. Uh, and so that that's risk-taking behavior. You do things you wouldn't normally do. You get behind the wheel. You know, you when you're driving, you might, you know, react to your emotions more. You might get into a fight. Right. Um so risk-taking, if you know somebody who's always, you know, keeps you on edge because you don't know what they're going to do when you go out. We've all got a friend like that. Mm. Um, smelling of booze we talked about. The loss of control. Um, functioning alcoholics are good at hiding their addiction, but it could manifest in different ways. If you're losing your temperature frequently, I think that means getting angry. Losing or, your temperature? Yeah, that's what it says. That's a weird British thing. Yeah, guys out uh, are British monks. losing my temperature. I'm losing my temperature. <laughs> oh, I am. Uh, frequently, are you struggling to get on top of things? And it could be a sign that you're functioning. Like climb on top of things? <laughs> yes, standing on top of the amp before you jump off into the crowd. <laughs> um, binge drinking is another one. Binge drinking Brits have previously been given the crown of binge drinking capital. Huh. But this is something that might not just happen at the weekend for people who are functioning alcoholics. No, you can binge drink any night of the week. I used sure to do can. it. Absolutely. Yeah. People who are functioning alcoholics will often consume large amounts of booze after they've taken care of their daily activities. Sometimes, uh, sometimes before taking during, care of daily activities. Before, during, and after. This is a long fucking article. Yeah, well, we, <laughs> you know. Um, let's see. So what do you do uh, if you're worried um, that you have many of the bu- the above symptoms, uh, it's possible you have a drinking problem. So what do you it's do? Possible, uh, <laughs> I think it's highly probable. So they're they're giving uh, some solutions here. Delamere says it is fairly easy to self diagnose alcoholism if a person is honest about their drinking and asks themselves the following questions: When you drink, are you able to stay in control of the amount of alcohol you consume and drink in moderation? If you want to stop or reduce your drinking, are you able to and able to maintain it? Answering no to both of these questions indicates that a person is suffering from an alcohol use disorder over which they have no control. If you're concerned about your drinking or someone else's, a good first step is to see a doctor, or they call it a GP, a general practitioner, uh, the NHS says. They'll be able to discuss the services and treatments available to you after assessing your drinking habits 
using screening tests. Treatment usually involves counseling and medicine, as you said, yeah. and it helps you slowly cut down. Um, you know what Paul Churchill says, uh, a fellow we had on last week from Recovery Elevator? He said there's only one question. There's a one-question quiz yeah. to determine whether you have a drinking problem. What's that? Have you ever wondered if you, if you have a drinking, have a drinking problem? problem? Because n- normal people... Right, like right. put that in quotes. Normal people do not ask themselves, "Do I have a drinking?" They problem? don't listen to recovery no. podcasts. No. They don't reach out to podcast right. hosts. Exactly. I think he says that yes. too. It's just one question. <laughs> yeah, like if you're reaching out to a recovery podcast host about <laughs> your problem drinking, yeah, you're an alcoholic most <laughs> likely, uh, if you go by that word, but or have a problem with drinking. So that was from the Sun, and that was recovering the news. Could add a little like snare hat. drum to that. Yeah, snare drum. hi hat. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so for the week and weird, we're going to do something different. Really? We are. Okay. Okay. Is it going to be weird? Or just, I guess. All right. We were talking. Okay. So let's just. Ah, fuck. You know what? It's it's Christmas Eve. You need a new sound guy. Um. Last night you were like, I'm going to read. The night before Christmas for Week and Weird. Yeah, and I was, was like, just, sure, why not? And, and, and my wife scoffed at it, so I... And then, and then I was like, well, maybe we should do find a dirty one and read that. Which is a better idea. Which agreed. is a better idea, but I couldn't find one that I liked, so I, I, wrote, I wrote one. Oh, my goodness. I wrote a uh, night before Nat X's Christmas. Nat Xmas. Nat Xmas, sorry. The night um, before Nat Xmas. And this is, I should note, is the pre-recovery Nat Xmas. Right, right, of course. Um, I I wrote most of this when I was running this morning. I would stop and I would (laughs) dictate it into my little recorder. I read it this morning. I was like, what the hell? This is so good. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Um, All right. So, it was the night before. Is that going to play the whole time? No. (laughs) It just stopped. Okay. Just making sure. All All right, here we go. It was the night before Christmas, and I started thinking, this might be a great time to really stop drinking. I got wasted on eggnog an hour before, and my long-suffering wife had shown me the door. I ruined the party and knocked down the tree, all on account of my drunken spree. I wandered the neighborhood, all at loose ends, wondering how I could make an amends. I started to ponder. I started to think, holy shit, I I hid vodka under the sink. But the doors were all locked, and I had no way in. I've got it, I exclaimed with a slow-spreading grin. In the garage was a three-section ladder. This wasn't smart, but that didn't matter. With visions of liquor at 100 proof, I ran across the lawn and climbed up the roof. I was going down the chimney. I reached for the brick. When who should appear but Jolly St. Nick? Santa, I said, can you help get me in? I've got some great vodka and possibly gin. St. Nick looked me over and started to frown. Your wife called to tell me you were out on the town. Looks like you've been naughty and sobriety's fleeting. Maybe it's time to go to a meeting. I'll drop you at detox. It's right on my way. Get your drunken rear end into the sleigh. I climbed in the sled and off we did go, making our way through cold rain and snow. He left me at intake and flew out of sight, saying Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Oh, man, that was so good. Thank you. Um... The only thing was, I'm annoyed I didn't think of it, you know? (laughs) 
I, I was like, I was trying to write it too. I, last night I'm like, I couldn't find anything either. I'm like, I'll just write something. It'll be funny, right? Yeah. And I started to, and then I gave up. I'm like, this sucks. Too so much I, fucking iambic pentameter uh, like, late at night. But brilliant. Um, <laughs> we should post a copy of that. Uh, we should. We should um, We should meme it and throw our, the website on there and put it on the big page. I, I like think. the way you think. That's right. You are hired. Always marketing. Um, so thank you for that. I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, Christmas spectacular for RMA. We're wishing you guys all the best in life uh, this Christmas, this yes. new year, whatever you celebrate. It is a time of renewal. 2022 is a new beginning. This is uh, not just the end of a, a very difficult year, but it is the beginning of another great year. And lots of great things are happening. You know, we're on the uh, the Facebook group. We're on the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash recovery in the Middle Ages. And we're here for you. You know, uh, you're feeling lonely on uh, Christmas Day or the day after, you know, Put a uh, post on the uh, private group and somebody on there will, you know, answer, if not me or Mike. Um, we're here for you guys and we really do wish you the best. And thank you so much for stay- sticking with us this year. It means a lot to us to hear from you and um, and it, it does a lot for us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we, grew, we grew this community and this podcast quite a bit over the last year. Yeah. And that's all thanks to you guys. You know, Nat and I just sit here and we do what we do. And we get some good guests and, you know, we have some good conversations. But without you guys, you know, we're, we're nothing. We're just two guys sitting in a storeroom. So, yeah, you know, thanks so much for everything that you've done to, to help get the RMA message out there. Um, so our parting music, before I forget, mm-hmm. is provided by one of our listeners. Yeah, so Julie Keys, right. our, you know, the, the monster bard, um, she has submitted something really awesome, and we are going to leave you with the sweet sounds of Julie Keys. <laughs> that about does it for today. I know I had a great time. Did you? Yes. Thank yes. you so much for listening. Visit us at middleagesrecovery.com, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, and tweet us at twat, you twit. Support your favorite show, drop a five-star review, join our private Facebook group, buy a t-shirt, or simply write and say hello. We love meeting new monksters and chopping it up on the Facebook group. And finally, the best way to help the show is to share it with a friend. If you get something out of our little show, please share the love and help grow the RMA movement. And as we say, non proficiat perfectum. That's progress, not perfection. See you next time. Stay off the naughty list. (laughs) Bye.